Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration. The only place on the planet where Democrats say COVID is over is at our southern border. Bucha massacre is just the tip of the iceberg. If I got to go to war, I'm going with you guys. Our Democratic colleagues are on track to confirm our next Supreme Court justice. Giant step towards making our union more perfect. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. The first day of the Masters and uh, Cameron Smith, who is finished, is four under, tied for first with du- uh, just Dustin Johnson, who is only on the 10th hole. Tiger Woods finished up one under. He's tied for ninth. Harold Varner is still out on the course. He's on hole 11. Uh, he's been all over the map today. He's plus two right now. He had two birdies, four pars, and four bogeys. So he is uh, two over as we speak. Uh, but he has uh, another seven holes to play. So we'll uh, keep an eye on Harold Varner the third, ECU alum, the guy I am pulling for. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi tested positive for COVID-19, according to her office, marking the first time the Democratic leader has contracted the virus in two years of touting strict coronavirus protocols at the House. Her spokesperson said the announcement Thursday, Pelosi 82, was scheduled to hold her weekly news conference at the U.S. Capitol. Quote, after testing negative this week, Speaker Pelosi received a positive test result for COVID-19 and is currently asymptomatic. The Speaker will quarantine. Yes. I will do anything. (laughs) You need to quarantine, Nancy, which means we don't want to hear from you. Uh, yeah, you want to make sure you quarantine so that no one else will catch this virus that has no symptoms. Good morning. <laughs> Good night. Uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson was officially uh, approved, confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Uh, you you knew it was coming, right? All the Dems voted for her. Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney of Utah voted for her as well. You know, Lisa Murkowski is up for re-election this year. That op-ed that I read uh, yesterday, uh, the column, it wasn't really op-ed, a column by uh, Victor Davis Hanson talking about the reset of the reset. I mean, that is a very encouraging column, a very encouraging piece. I, I tend to agree with him that I think the uh, you know, unless something major happens and uh, and uh, uh, assuming we don't have highway robbery again in this upcoming election, the uh, Dems should get shellacked. But will rhinos get shellacked? I think they probably will. It'll be really uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not even sure who's running against Lisa, Lisa Murkowski, but uh, whoever it is, I'm rooting for you. Uh, I mean, in the primary, in the primary. Um, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris presided over the vote for uh, the newest justice. Uh, The vote was officially 53 to 47. Just before the vote, Senate Majority Leader Chuckles the Clown Schumer called the occasion a wonderful day, a joyous day, an inspiring day for the Senate, for the Supreme Court, and for the United States of America. Now, Chuckles wants you to think that he means it's a wonderful day because the very first black female is now a part of the Supreme Court. However, that's not what he means. What he means is this is a wonderful day 
because we have another liberal judicial activist who will do her best to codify progressive policies that the legislation would never be able to get passed through Congress. Judicial activism. They've got another one, and they're so happy. (laughs) They're so gleeful. This is so good for them, they think. Carolina Journal has come out with a new poll, Carolina Journal slash Civitas. Uh, it is the U.S. Senate race, among other things. U.S. Senate rep- U.S. Representative, I should say, Ted Budd, not in the Senate yet, has taken the lead in the latest Civitas poll of likely voters in the May 17th Republican primary for the Senate seat, Richard Burr's seat that he is vacating, in a competition involving all 14 candidates who appear on the ballot, Bud has support from nearly 32% of likely primary voters. Governor Pat McCrory comes in second with 21%. That's a huge gap. I mean, considering that McCrory, I mean, the the last poll, I, I don't remember what the exact numbers are, but I'm, it's in, my mind is telling me that those numbers were basically flipped in the last poll, that McCory was up 30-some percent, and it was Bud who was down maybe even less than 20%. So that's a huge flip, assuming this—I I have no reason to doubt. I mean, the Civitas is a conservative organization, but uh, these are all conservatives in this race, although some people would say that Pat is not as conservative as Bud. Some would say that. Uh, former U.S. Representative Mark Walker ranks third with 7%. See, again, I'm surprised that Mark didn't uh, decide to run for the House seat. But he's still in the race and it's too late to uh, change now. No other candidates other than those three top 1%. By the way, we are scheduled to have Marjorie Eastman in with us. I think it is on Wednesday the 13th, next Wednesday. Uh, She's going to be on the uh, program. Almost 39% of primary voters remain undecided. So that's really the winner is, I don't know yet. (laughs) Undecided. I don't know. Former uh, Governor Pat McCrory, uh, as I said, he had said 21%. um, When the field is narrowed to just the four candidates, that would be Marjorie Eastman, Ted Budd, Mark Walker, and Pat McCrory. Budd has 34% of the vote. McCory has 24% of the vote. So they both have increases. McCory actually has a bigger increase. His percentage of increase is uh, 3%. Um, Bud's is 2%. Uh, 10% for Walker, so he jumps 3%, and 3% for Marjorie Eastman. And in that case, 30% of voters still remain undecided. Bud's nearly 13-point surge since the last time in this race in January. Um, pretty, pretty big leap. Among primary voters identifying themselves as Trump Republicans, Bud leads McCory 38% to 16%. That's up from a 24% to 21% margin in a poll back in January. Ask for their top two issues in the Senate race. The top recipients, this is from the voters, 49% said securing the border and preventing illegal immigration. Combining, uh, combating inflation and lowering the cost of living came in second at 37%. Ensuring election integrity, 23%, uh, which is really interesting. That, that tells you, I mean, basically that tells you that one in four voters don't think we have uh, fair elections. 
Uh, on the presidential ballot, Donald Trump comes in first in this poll with 45.3%. Ron DeSantis second, uh, 26.3%. Undecided comes in third at 12.6%. Nikki Haley at 7.9%. Mike Pence at 6.3%. Ted Cruz at 1.6%. Uh, I, I, has Ted Cruz even said anything this time around about running? I, I, I don't remember if he has. Former President uh, Trump endorsed Bud in the Senate race, and of course they're going to have that big uh, deal down off of uh, I-95 here in eastern North Carolina this Saturday night. The Civitas poll finds that 58% of likely primary voters oppose Medicaid expansion. 65% of voters say they would be less likely to support expansion. 60, uh, 56% said they'd be less likely to support expansion when learning that expansion could not be tied to work requirements. Medicaid expansion is still an electoral loser for legislative repl- uh, Republicans, um, according to the poll. Uh, what else do we have in here? More than 82% of respondents remain undecided in other statewide races on the Republican primary ballot. Um, If the 2024 presidential election were held today, 45% would go for Trump. I I already told you that. Um, All right, this is interesting. Among the state's highest-ranking Republican officials, who do you think comes in number one? Yep, Mark Robinson. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson achieves the best favorability scores. More than 53% have a favorable opinion of Robinson, with just 6% offering an unfavorable opinion. Tom Tillis approaches 49% favorability, with 38% registering unfavorable. Isn't that interesting? I mean, the guy that's probably the most conservative uh, has got a rather positive favorability rating. Uh, about 91% of GOB primary voters believe the United States is on the wrong track, compared to 7% who say the country is moving in the right direction. More than 60% say no when asked whether they believe this year's general election will be free and fair. Wow. <laughs> uh, what does that tell you? I mean, you can say all you want. Oh, the last election, the idea of fraud. Oh, that's ridiculous. That has no bearing on anything. No, nobody believes that. Uh, Apparently, 60% of Republicans believe that. 60% of Republicans said no when they asked whether they believe this year's general election will be free and fair. And the reason why they're saying that is because they don't believe the last election was free and fair. Speaking of elections, I mentioned uh, one other race or or a couple of other races that had to do with school boards. Uh, This past Tuesday, primary slash special elections, Republicans showed their ability to win in early 2022. Um, This looks like it's going to be a trend. This happened, uh, this next one happened in Oklahoma, where Republican Larry Hakila beat incumbent Democrat Bria Clark to become the mayor of city of the city of Norman, Oklahoma. Um, now, you say, oh, is, is that a big deal? Consider this. In 2020, this city, college town, city of Norman, Oklahoma, Joe Biden won by nine percentage points. Now, not surprising. If you have a state university in a city, uh, chances are that city's going to vote Democrat. Um, the new mayor 
the Republican beat the incumbent Democrat, a city, a town that Joe won by nine points in 2020. So, uh, again, you know, is this means that uh, good things will continue to happen? Probably. I'll go out on the limb and say probably. Fox News is reporting the United Nations General Assembly voted Thursday to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council following global outreach stemming from alleged atrocities recently committed by Russian troops in Busha. A total of 93 members of the assembly voted in favor of the measure. 24 were against, 58 abstained. Isn't that interesting? So you have 78, uh, 82 82 members of the United Nations either voted against booting Russia off of the United Nations uh, Human Rights Council. 93 voted to boot them off. 82 either said no or abstained. Abstention is basically I'm a chicken. And I don't want to come out and admit I'm for Russia. I'm on Russia's side. Um. This this is this is why I continue to say, kick the United Nations out of the United States. I mean, the the United Nations is a despot organization. Quite frankly, I, I, any do you really want to be associated with this? I mean, I know you, you have these rhinos and liberals that say, oh, we've got to have a kumbaya fest. We've all got together and hold hands. If we don't get together and hold hands, then something bad might happen. Well, yeah, what good has happened out of the United Nations? Uh, to, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. The United Nations is a worthless organization. It's a bunch of feel-gooders trying to think that, oh, if we, all have, you know, if we have a kumbaya fest, everything will be nice. It, it, it's, it's worthless. And we keep underwriting it. And it's an excuse for the bad guys to come into the United States and do whatever they want to do. So at the same time that's going on, a Putin spokesperson, spokesman, admission uh, over Russia's troop losses. While most of Putin's spokesman's Dmitry Peskov's comments were in keeping with the standard Kremlin narrative around Russia's invasion of Ukraine. One remark he has made prompted a degree of shock among many. Quote, we have suffered significant losses of troops. This is a huge tragedy for us. Now, I don't know if he said that just because uh, he wants people to come out and play the violin. He he wants to paint the narrative. We're innocent bystanders. Look what the Ukrainians did to us. His admission stood in stark contrast to repeated statements from Moscow that some have sought to minimize estimations around the number of casualties its forces have suffered. While a number of commentators expressed surprise over the admission, others suggested it indicated the situation for Russia was considerably worse than is being acknowledged. I don't feel too sorry for Russia. Just saying. Hey, we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, hit it out of the park. I mean, he it was a grand slam he hit out of the park. I love it. I'll tell you what he did when we get back.
First thing you should do after work. I turn on the radio. Check in with Tom and Benny. Gotta know what's happening in my city. What's going on in my backyard. Things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. Hear everywhere else. For the local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff, you know. It let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news source is news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Harold Varner is uh, on hole 12 now. He's still two under. He uh, part 11 and 12. Time to take a look at your weather forecast. Partly cloudy tonight. A slight chance of a rain shower. Boy, did you hear the thunder? I don't know how it was in the rest of eastern North Carolina. But my goodness, around midnight last night, it wasn't a huge storm, but it was powerful. And um, I'll tell you what. If the lightning bolt didn't hit the tree right behind my house, it was pretty close. Uh, there was one that about knocked me out of the bed. It was so loud. Uh, just a slight chance of a rain shower tonight, low around 48. Tomorrow, sunshine with a few clouds, a high around 67. Tomorrow's low around 45. Tomorrow night's low, I should say. Saturday, sunshine, some clouds, a high of 62. So Saturday and Sunday, lots of sunshine, but it's going to be a little cooler. Speaking of golf, warmer weather is here. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Come play the golf course that Harold Varner played when he was in college. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees. Wants you to join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant, for more information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Governor Greg Abbott. By the way, did I mention it is political trivia today? We'll play in a little bit. Um, we'll play, and your category is uh, bipartisan innovations. Okay? <laughs> we'll see what that is. Uh, interesting question. Truly trivia, so don't overthink it. Um, Fox News is reporting Texas Governor Greg Abbott said yesterday that undocumented migrants released into his state will be shipped to the steps of the U.S. Capitol in D.C. I love this. As border checkpoints struggle to manage the flow of people attempting to enter the United States and the Biden administration and their move to eliminate the Title 42 expulsion provision, Texas has decided to provide charter buses to pick up the migrants, and many of them are now being released into small Texas communities. Officials say these communities are overwhelmed. So what they're going to do is they're going to get, and they, they said, look, if it takes 900 buses, we'll go get 900 buses. The government of Texas, and you, some think about it, this is much cheaper to do it this way than to have these people on the dole from now to who knows when with, a t with Texas supposed to pick up the tab. This is a whole lot cheaper. They're going to pick up the migrants, put them in the bus, and drive them to D.C., let them off on the Capitol steps. <laughs> Actually, they ought to let them off in front of the White House. But uh, since you can't drive right up to the White House— you can get a little closer to the uh, Capitol, although I guess that's blocked off these days as compared to how it was uh, a couple of decades ago. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think this is great. 
Abbott signed an order directing the State Department of Public Safety to conduct enhanced inspections of vehicles crossing into the United States from Mexico to ensure residents are not being put in danger by unsafe vehicles or unsafe drivers. Well, we already know that's happened. I mean, how many weeks ago was it where a an adult mom and her elderly uh, mother were both killed by a uh, individual trying to sneak in illegal immigrants, ran into them when they were being chased by officials and uh, killed the two women. He also announced actions to deter illegal immigration, such as using razor wire in low water crossings. Uh, now you watch the Democrats will come out and say, ah, oh, you can't, that's, that's, that's cruel. You can't do that. This week, the National Guard, the Texas National Guard, will begin the first phase of mass migration rehearsals in preparation for a potential influx of migrants at the border. If you're a caravan organizer and you think you're going to overwhelm or overrun a port of entry, we'll be there waiting for you, said Major General Thomas Schulzer, the Texas National Guard um, general. Uh, Areas along the Tex-Mex border use used heavily by human smugglers will also see an increase of lighting at night. Uh, You know, I mean, these are all good ideas, but the best idea is just uh, putting them in a bus and taking them to Joe. Joe, here you are. How far in left field is Joe Biden? He is so far in left field that even libs in his own party are jumping ship. This week, more than a dozen Democrat members of Congress sounded the alarm on Biden administration's attempts to return the United States to a revived version of the Obama-era Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action that allowed the Iranian regime to enrich itself while continuing its role in the world as a leading sponsor of terrorism. This is basically um, 14 Democrats that have said the idea of reviving This nuclear deal with Iran is the dumbest, most dangerous thing we've ever heard of. These are Democrats. The Democrats breaking rank with Biden are led by Josh Gottenmeyer of New Jersey, who noted in a Wednesday press conference that, quote, if Iran has proven anything, it is that they can't be trusted. They have failed on their commitments every step of the way. He further highlighted the foolhardy decision by the Biden administration to have the Russian government the same one Biden has stated is committing war crimes in Ukraine as the negotiator and apparent enforcer on the new Iranian deal. Congratulations. We actually have a Democrat that can think, that can see the obvious. And Biden, Biden doesn't even recognize his doublespeak, apparently. Because I don't know if Biden recognizes his own wife. I don't know if Joe would recognize himself in the mirror. Um, but he, he's calling Putin a war criminal. But hey, would you, since since you're not busy enough blowing up Ukraine, would you have time um, overseeing this agreement we have with Iranians just to make sure they're they're following uh, the proper procedures? I mean, what kind of horses rear end would would? The only kind of horse's rear end that would propagate something like this is a horse's rear end that wants to see America destroyed. It's what other conclusion can you come to? Um, Democrat Elaine Laurie 
from Virginia added the old JCPOA did not work and any new deal that does not wholly prevent Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons is unacceptable. In other words, uh, Joe, this ain't going to work. These two members of Congress were joined by 12 other Democrat representatives in their opposition to Biden administration's attempt to re-enter a nuclear deal with Iran. Uh, Along with Biden's own party, 49 Republicans in the Senate previously warned Biden that any nuclear deal with Iran must be approved by Congress. Again, it's it's mind-boggling. Um, and, and you, 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 listen, I know, first of all, I know Joe is senile. I know he has cognitive, huge cognitive impairment. What happened? (laughs) But his administration is making these decisions. You know, they, they put a couple of electrodes to Joe's ears and then wheel them out onto the stage. You know, he shuffles out there and says what they want him to say. He moves his mouth and the tape recorder plays. And uh, But somebody in the administration is are making these horrible decisions. And you've got to come to the conclusion that they hate America. They want to see America destroyed. They, and they do. I mean, they do hate America. They think America's a, a, a terrible country. Speaking of Joe... Daily Wire is reporting CBS's Catherine Heritage. She used to be, she used to do a lot of good stories. I, I, I don't follow CBS News other than what I read online, but she used to be with Fox and she was a very good reporter. She is now with CBS. I guess they gave her a better contract. Catherine Heritage reported today that over 150 financial transactions tied to Hunter Biden and James Biden were, quote, flagged as concerning by banks in the United States. Quote, CBS News has learned that more than 150 financial transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. Some of those concerns include large wire transfers, Transfers, Heritage tweeted earlier today. Heritage reported that critics have largely kept the focus of investigations on Joe Biden's embattled son, Hunter, and his allegedly shady international business dealings, but that further scrutiny has linked the president's brother, James Biden, to a number of transactions that banks flagged as concerning. Quote, we have people with a Biden name dealing with Chinese business people that have a relationship to Communist Party. I think James Biden is very much a part of this, said Senate Judiciary Committee ranking member Chuck Grassley. From Heritage Report on CBS, bank records released by Republican senators this week indicate James Biden's company, the Lion Hall Group, received payments from a Chinese finance consulting group in 2018 before his brother Joe announced he was running for president. Grassley says that same year, James Biden and the president's son, Hunter, received monthly retainers totaling, these are monthly retainers, monthly, totaling $165,000, $100,000 to Hunter, $65,000 to James per month. Grassley said his team obtained the records directly from the bank where the consulting group did business. He has spent three years investigating and described James and Hunter Biden's business dealings as, quote, very concerning, you think? 
Grassley has been investigating foreign business dealings involving several members of the Biden family for several years, and he released a report in 2020 along with fellow Senator Ron Johnson alleging that James Biden and his wife Sarah Biden tapped into a line of credit Hunter Biden set up with a Chinese business executive to purchase more than $100,000 in airline tickets, hotels, and restaurants. How do you spend $100,000 on airline tickets, hotels, and restaurants? I mean, are you flying to Hawaii every other day? The most recent records released by GOP lawmakers appear to confirm that Hunter Biden and the Chinese executive signed off on the line of credit for $99,000 in 2017. So this is this is the year after uh, Trump was elected. CBS News has also learned that more than 150,000 financial transactions involving either Hunter or James global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. Some of those concerns include large wire transfers. The report continued clarifying that being flagged for review did not necessarily point to either guilt or innocence. Such banking reviews could point to deeper problems or they could uh, prove innocuous. Um, Information shared with CBS News does not indicate the the outcome of the banking reviews. Um, Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about Hunter Biden and James Biden. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it, it doesn't pass the smell test. I mean, it does not pass the smell test. I mean, we're not, we're we're talking about a guy that is into prostitutes and cocaine, and has pictures that are equivalent to child pornography on his laptop, and was kicked out of the military for these kind of this kind of behavior. And James ain't the brightest bulb in the pack. And yet, and yet. Yesterday, during an event called the Chicago Disinformation and the Erosion of Democracy Conference held in Chicago, University of Chicago student Daniel Schmidt asked the Atlantic staff wire, a staff writer, I should say, Anne Applebaum and David Axelrod, who is acting as the host, a interesting question about the Hunter Biden laptop. Cut one. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is, I think, totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or... I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I, I, didn't fi- I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that, that would be my problem with the, that as a, as a major news story. I don't find it to be interesting. <laughs> wow. You talk about arrogant and dismissive. So is it, irre- is it irrelevant if the sitting president used his position as vice president to allow family members, as well as himself, 
to cash in on his position with not only foreign governments, but adversarial foreign governments. That is irrelevant. That is not interesting. Wow. Not only is this story, it, not only is the story relevant and interesting, I mean, it's a full-fledged scandal. The, and this is just yesterday. The New York Times and the Washington Post have said it's relevant. Interestingly, back in August of 2016, this same woman, Ann Applebaum, wrote a column entitled, The Secret to Trump is that he's really a Russian oligarch. Oh, she's not biased. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now, and by the way, we found out that that was irrelevant. That is a lie. And yet she propagated that. Can you imagine if this was Donald Trump and his son with a laptop? I think she'd find it rather relevant. Just saying. Hey, let's take a time out and let's play some political trivia when we get back, shall we? Give me a call, 561-8255. Bipartisan Innovations is the uh, category. Fun question, trivial question. Give us a call. Got a great prize package. 561-8255. Political trivia when we get back. Political trivia, give us a call, 252-561-8255, 561-TALK, 561-8255. Category is Bipartisan Innovations. Fun question, trivial question. Uh, prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious, baked fresh, made from scratch goodies. And a gift certificate to the Ironwood Golf and Country Club for a free round of golf with cart. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family has played and won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. 561-8255. We got a bunch of chickens. They think it's going to be a hard question. It's not that hard, okay? Last week, the first caller got it. Just saying. 561-8255. The category Bipartisan Innovations. What happened to our music? It died there. <laughs> Do you want the question first? Okay, I'll give you the question first. Political trivia question. Here you go. Okay. I don't think I've ever done this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe for you, Kamala. Here's your question. In 1877, President Rutherford, Rutherford B. Hayes added something to his administration that has ended up being bipartisan. Every administration since Hayes has followed in his footsteps, making this addition a part of their administration. What was this innovation? 561-8255. 561 That's a long question, isn't it? 1877, President Rutherford... Ron, is that who it is? Hey, Ron, how are you, sir? 
Yes, I'm doing well, thank you. You are the first and the brave. The question. Well, <laughs> you ready? Thank you. Yes. In 1877, President Rutherford B. Hayes added something to his administration that has ended up being bipartisan. Every administration since Hayes has followed in his footsteps, making this addition a part of their administration. What was this innovation? Wow. <laughs> Don't overthink it now, okay? Yeah, I, I got you. Um, I, I, I don't even know how to guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, think about it. Give us a call back. 561-8255. Who we got there, Clark? 561-8255. Who is it? Pam is on the line. Hey, Pam. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Did you hear the question? I did. Okay. What was this new innovation that Rutherford B. Hayes brought to the White House and every other administration has utilized it? Uh, I'd say the Easter egg hunt on the White House lawn. That is a great guess and very timely, but that's not it. That's not it. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Do you need a hint, or you think you got it? Uh, I, I, I a pet dog. Say it again, Jerry. You're breaking up bad. A pet dog. That's not a it. A pet dog is not it. Five six one eight two five five. It's not an Easter egg hunt. It's not a pet dog. Who we have? Okay, well, give me a name. <laughs> Clark says the calls are coming in now. That's good. Just give me a name and I can tell who we've got next. Five six one eight two five five. Tom? Yes. Hey, Tom. What do you think? Have you heard the question, I first no, of all? I have no idea. I just want to say that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you'll have a lot of agreement on that. I've always found that very fishy. Uh, 561-8255. I don't know what that has to do with political trivia, but thanks for that insight. A little uh, breaking news here. Let's go to David. <laughs> Man, there must be a full moon out tonight. David, what do you think? What was the new innovation that Rutherford B. Hayes brought into the White House? National Prayer Breakfast. That is not it either. Five six one eight two five five. I think I need to uh, give a hint. Should, should I? Let's get the next call on first. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got? Jason. Are you ready for a hint, Yo. Jason? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Years later, this innovation that Rutherford B. Hayes brought to the White House. Years later, Herbert Hoover actually brought this addition into the Oval Office. What do you think it was? I'm going to take a wild guess and say the Secret Service. That's not it. Actually, it came in right after Lincoln was assassinated. That's not it. Good good guess, though. 561-8255. Uh, let's go to Will. Hey, Will. Hey, how are y'all? I'm doing well. We're doing well. What do you think? What was this new innovation? A telephone. That's it! Congratulations. On May 10th, 1877, Hayes had the White House first phone installed in the mansion's telegraph room. Years later, Herbert Hoover brought it into the Oval Office. Where are you calling from, Will? Greenville. Greenville. 
Will, hang in there. Clark's going to get all your info. we got to take another time out. I'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Will Brown. He got our trivia question correct. It was a telephone that Rutherford B. Hayes brought into the White House in 1877. It's probably what threw people off. They said, really? 1877? First telephone? Yep. Uh, And the number at the White House, number one. Hey, we're number one, hey? (laughs) Congratulations uh, to Will Brown of Greenville. Um, I mentioned earlier in the program how Governor Greg Abbott is going to bus these illegal immigrants that are dumped onto Texas by the federal government. He's going to bus them up to Washington, D.C., let them off at the Capitol. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about Abbott's plan earlier today. She scoffed at the idea, saying his statement is simply a publicity stunt. Ma'am, I don't think you've uh, followed the career of Greg Abbott very closely. I don't think you've covered uh, Ken Paxton, who's the uh, AG down there as well. Uh, I don't think this is a publicity stunt. And again, I said it earlier in the program, consider the cost of busing these uh, illegal immigrants up to Washington, D.C. That's cheap compared to having to care for them for the rest of their lives and then their families. And then you'll have chain migration come in once. I mean, you are talking about a and listen, this is the same governor who uh, decided that, okay, you're not going to finish the wall. We will. Was that a publicity stunt, too? I mean, quite frankly, I think the— I'll circle back on that one. Yeah, well, thank you. I think uh, Jen Psaki gets asked these questions. She's embarrassed, and that's the best answer she can come up with. Thank you, Greg Abbott. I mean, we, we frankly, every state in the union ought to be sending financial aid to help with the projects— that states like Texas have to take care of because our federal government, our president, refuses to take care of it. Unbelievable. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, congratulations again, Will Brown, our political political trivia winner. And, uh, hey, listen, we're going to do it all again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. So uh, tune in then. Who knows what will happen between now and then, but uh, I guarantee you with uh, the guy we got in the White House, Something infuriating will happen. We'll probably laugh and we'll probably also cry, but that's what you get when you have a guy like Joe in the White Why House. The hell would I take a test? <laughs> have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.